can't get enough HDR? Now you can sign up to become an HDR VIP on our website and have access to more radio stations. For $10 a month or $100 a year, you will have access to 20 of our stations on the website. For more information, visit HolyGhostRadio.com or tap on the ad on our app. So I'm going to use a few graphics this morning. I, I feel like the Lord Jesus, uh, most of us have no, we don't have any inclination as to how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And, and when we forget how close we are to the coming of the Lord, we kind of tend to let our priorities get out of order. There's just some things I'm not going to do if I think Jesus is coming today, trust me. You know what I mean? There's just some remarks I might just bite my tongue and not say if I thought Jesus is coming today. And so when people get to thinking, oh, we got lots of time, they get careless. And it could cause them, while they're not expecting it, you know, it could cause them to miss the rapture of the church. And so for the next few moments, let's talk about the catching away the rapture of the church, because we don't know when he's coming, right? It could be at any time. See, just like that happened. Some of you didn't even see Jesus come on the screen. But it could happen at any moment, and it will be faster even than that. The Bible talks about in the twinkling of an eye. And so I want to talk to everybody who's intending to be in the rapture today. And uh, I, I'm, I'm using the old phrase that we used when we were kids, ready or not, here I come. And that's exactly what it is. Jesus is coming, whether you're ready or not. So if you get the privilege to have the opportunity to be baptized in Jesus' name, I not only strongly suggest it, but I do as the apostles did, I command it. That's what the Bible says. They didn't say, well, if you want to, pretty please, whenever you get a chance. They said, no, no, no. I command you to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So, so, uh, and why is that? Because we need to be ready for the soon coming of the Lord. Some people make an argument about using the word rapture. And so I want to dispel that argument right now. Because it's just a Latin term that means caught away or caught up. And it's the same thing as the phrase in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, which is translated caught up from the Greek. Exact same. So whether you t- say it as the catching away or you call it the rapture, either one is just exactly fine. Praise God. Let's start with the scripture this morning. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Praise God. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another. It wasn't supposed to be scare one another. People who are scared of the coming of the Lord is because they're not ready. It's supposed to be a comforting thing. You're, you're in your last trial right now, very likely. You won't have to worry about any more troubles, very likely, because it's a comforting thing to know that Jesus is coming. Praise God. One of the most important things about eschatology, the most important thing about end-time doctrine, is that you understand that the coming of the Lord is imminent. Any teaching that says Jesus cannot come at any moment is a false doctrine. I don't care if it's a oneness person espousing it. He's still espousing a false doctrine. I will prove by the scripture that you must believe in the imminent, likely at any moment, return of Jesus Christ or you are absolutely not apostolic praise God that's just exactly what the Bible teaches even the apostle Paul 
when he was talking about the coming of the Lord. Notice that word, we. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Paul, who was the most renowned theologian ever, believed that there was nothing in the holy prophecies that would prohibit Christ from coming in his lifetime. Therefore, he said, the dead are going to rise first, then we which are alive. He didn't say they which are alive. He said we which are alive because he believed strongly in the doctrine of the imminent could happen at any time return of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. So that's why he said we instead of they. And you need to understand that if the greatest theologian of all times believed that Jesus could have come almost 2,000 years ago, then obviously he could come at any moment now. Amen? And notice that the Apostle Paul in many places communicated this anticipation to all that he would talk to. Right now I'm just zeroing in on the church at Thessalonica. But at that church, he always appealed to them and other churches and individuals on the basis not of the coming tribulation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a distraction. He appealed to them on the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Just take a real quick example. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? So he's constantly reminding the people that he taught, not of the coming judgment as much, at least to the saved, as much as he referred to the coming rescue. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, again, he's appealing to the church at Thessalonians, and he says, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. So, Notice every time that Paul appeals to the people of God, he doesn't appeal to them because the big bad Antichrist is coming. He appeals to them because the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so he made those who followed his teachings to live in a, in a air of expectancy. They were getting up in the morning saying, you know, this might be the day Jesus comes. You better straighten up. This might be the day when the Lord comes. You better have a good attitude. And so all of his followers that followed him as he followed Christ were taught in the strongest of terms that the next thing that they should be watching for is the soon coming of Jesus. So the church is commanded to watch for Jesus to come at any time. People who forget this will be the ones who will miss the rapture. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. So Paul was, the writer of Romans was appealing to people on the basis of, again, the common authority said our salvation, not judgment, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Look at the writing to, uh, to uh, Philippians 4 and 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Notice it's all through the New Testament. He appeals to them. To Timothy, his son in the gospel, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in each and every case, No matter who he was talking to, Paul was the strongest proponent of teaching the imminent return of Jesus Christ. There is a spirit that kind of swept across our nation. Lots of people are interested in prophecy, and that's fine and well and good. But you can't get involved with end-time false doctrines that are floating around saying different things than what the Bible teaches. And the most important thing about eschatology is you are to live in a state of preparedness. You are to live in a state of readiness that Jesus could come at any minute. And any doctrine that says that is not true is a lie. How do you candy coat that? I don't know. I can't. I won't. We must live ready 
for Jesus to come at any moment. Praise God. And this is found over and over in the scriptures. Second Timothy 4, 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but look, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You got to love his appearing. You got to be looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. Looking for that. Here again. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This was hammered into the New Testament thought process, just like in the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And in the New Testament, you're going to find that that truth continues. And Paul begins to say, you watch, you be ready. The coming of the Lord. Look for that blessed hope and, and that glorious appearing. And, and I want you to love his appearing and I want you to be ready for his coming. Don't ever let that plank be taken out of the apostolic platform. Hallelujah. Peter said that in, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. These things were written to the church. See, people get confused because God has three programs. He has a program for the lost. He has a program for the nation of Israel. And he has a program for the ecclesia, the church. Don't get confused when you're reading about what's in store for the lost and start applying that to the church or, or what's in store for Israel as God is going to turn back to the Jews again. And weren't we all horrified yesterday by the horrible thing that happened in Pittsburgh? It was terrible. We prayed for, for those people, 11 people killed in a mass murder at a synagogue. But I thank God that God knows how to help us and he knows how to help them. Okay, so the appearing of Jesus Christ, so very important. Now, this was not only taught by Paul, by Peter, it was taught by Jesus. Look, Matthew 24, 42, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Look out for people who think that they know exactly when Jesus is coming. And they'll say, this happens, this happens, this happens. And then when those three things happen, go pack your bags. I got news for them. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, have your bags packed now. Be ready now. And watch. Jesus said, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known and watched the thief would come, if he had it all figured out, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. See, people who think they know so much about prophecy that they can tell you exactly. Well, Jesus says, huh. He said, if the good man of the house had known and watched the thief would come, he would have watched, would not have suffered his house to be broken up. But here's what I tell you, Jesus says. Therefore be you also ready. I can tell you when he's coming, by the way, right here. For in such an hour as you think not. That's when he's coming. So everybody's got it all figured out. You better just give up on that nonsense. And here's what you better do. You better pack your bags now. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Live a holy and a separated life. Love God and be watching out of the corner of your eye. Because at any moment, Jesus is going to come. Can I get an amen? amen? Praise God. So very important that we understand this. So I was looking at... Uh, a rather unusual paraphrase of the verse we just read, and I thought I'd put it up here for you. So stay awake and alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up. But you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. Be vigilant just like that. You have no idea when the Son of Man is going to show up. Don't be caught unprepared. And that is the teaching of the New Testament about the coming of the Lord. Don't be caught unprepared. Hallelujah. Prepare now. 
Thank you, Jesus. See, Jesus said, Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. We, we don't talk about this enough. So we're standing there conversing out in the field, and all of a sudden, poof. Hmm. One of us is gone. I'll be nice and say it's Marie. <laughs> and the other is left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. In other words, two women will be on the job. One shall be taken, and the other left. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. In other words, don't sit back and say, well, one of these days I'm going to do this. The graveyard is full of good intentions. There will never be a better day than right now to pack your spiritual bags and get ready for the coming of the Lord. If you don't prepare now, chances are you're not going to be ready. So blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, remember that's the hands beside, on each side of the face, the parent looking at his child. He says, with all the earnestness I possess, I tell you this, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. Be ready and be doing. Praise God, praise God. But, here's the danger of doctrines that espouse that certain things have to happen before Jesus can come. This is what those doctrines produce right here. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. Now you can talk about, you know, the Lord, uh, the certain things have to happen. Do you know to a teenager, do you remember what a year was like to a teenager? A year was like incredible amount of time. Wow, you mean I got a whole year? Don't do that to our teenagers. Don't do that to our children. Don't do it to yourself. Because it produces evil fruit. That's why it's called an evil servant. And what happens is, when we believe the Lord is not coming imminent, we will take liberties to do things that we wouldn't have done if we thought Jesus was coming in the next 60 seconds. And so he shall begin to smite his fellow servants. People who do not believe in the imminent return of the Lord will not treat their brothers and sisters right. And they will begin to do things that are excessive. To eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not. There you go. This is the purpose of this doctrine. Jesus established the, the imminent return of Christ. Paul and Peter, all the rest, they preached and taught the imminent return because they knew that when you stop looking for him, so the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of. And shall cut him asunder. That means he's going to cut him in half. And appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe this comes from us in our minds saying, Well, the Lord is coming, you know, 50 years from now. The Lord is coming 100 years from now. The Lord may come 10 years from now, but no chance he'll come today. You are absolutely out of the Bible when you start thinking that way. Matter of fact, you're putting yourself in a dangerous place where you're beginning to think the Lord is delaying his coming. Let me ask you, how many decisions would be affected that you're making right now if you truly believed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ? Would it affect some of your long-range plans? Would it affect some of your short-range plans? I'm telling you that we need to live, like the Bible said, in expectancy of the coming of the Lord. So we'll make good choices. Good decisions. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Somebody say, Pastor, you're in the Bible. If you don't believe it, you have a right to be wrong. In Mark chapter 13 and verse 34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left 
his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. And he commanded the porter to watch. Watch you, therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing in the morning. I mean, it, the, the Bible just keeps going on and on. Why is he making such a big deal of this? Because in the last days, he knew that your greatest danger would be from people saying, my Lord's delaying his coming. Oh, I believe. Don't, don't get me wrong, preacher. I believe he's coming. But boom, 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 boom. Has to happen before it can come. And so I may have a little time to take a little break here. Watch. You don't know when the master of, how, of the house is coming. And this is what is really, to me, scary. Lest coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. I, I can't afford that. I, I got the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. I was baptized a few years before that. <coughs> several years before that, actually. And I've been living for God a long time. How horrible it would be to live for God for years and then Jesus comes and I'm spiritually asleep I feel like coming back and grabbing some of you by the shoulder and shaking you until your teeth rattle well why are you being so rude I'm not being rude I want to be sure you're awake I want to I want to be in heaven with you I, I want you to be in heaven with me I want us to enjoy eternity together and Sleeping about the coming of the Lord could be just as dangerous as doing other things. I want, it's not like I gotta live fearful and, and, uh, and drink Red Bull so I can stay awake, which I hate Red Bull. Okay? That's not what he's saying that you need a good case of insomnia. But he's saying, come on, is that little thing that you want to do so important that you would risk missing the come of the Lord for it? Is there some article that you would, you like it so much that you would take a chance and do that? Wondering if that might keep you out of the rapture? See, when you're thinking about the coming of the Lord, there's just something just say, hey, it ain't worth it. I, it, it. Maybe it's not wrong, but my pastor said it's a good thing for us not to do that. And uh, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that that uh, I'm ready. I, I, I just, it's not that it's a sin. It's just a weight. I don't need no weight on me. I, I got enough weights. That's all right. You can smile, but I'm smiling right back at you. I don't need any more weights. I, I need to be free to run. I need to be free to live for God today. I'm not going to pick up weights. And even if it is not a sin, I just feel like since I'm expecting Jesus to come at any moment, I'll just follow the old paths. Thank you very much. I don't want to be sleeping when Jesus comes spiritually. And so he says in verse 37, And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Jesus Christ gave us a command. Now, are we supposed to be watching for the Antichrist and trying to figure out who he is? No. Are we supposed to be watching for things that are going to happen during the tribulations? That we're, we're supposed to be watching for? No. What are we supposed to be watching for? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. Be just, just be ready for his coming. That's what affects you. The other stuff was not designed for you, which I will prove. But this is designed for you. Be ready for this. The coming of the Lord. And I say unto you, watch. Now we know that the world is descending into the wrath of God. And because that is happening, it grabs our attention. And we start thinking about, how am I going to survive during the great tribulation? Only one way. Be raptured before it starts. You will not survive the great tribulation. It's not made for survival. It's made for punishment. And correction. And Daniel said, 
that was for his people. And Peter said, The Simeon hath declared how God at the first to visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So God is going to take out of the Gentiles a people for his name. He's going to turn back to the nation of Israel. And he's going to have a remnant that will come out of that tribulation. So the world is descending into the wrath of God. God has a program for the unsaved. Israel is approaching the time of the great tribulation. Therefore we see all the things that are happening right now with the one world government and so forth. But that is not what is supposed to concern you. You are supposed to be concerned about one thing. Do you have your bags packed? Or are you living to the best of your ability for Jesus Christ? Or are you watching for His soon return? Nothing else to you matters. If you're ready for the coming of the Lord, nothing else matters. If you're not ready for the coming of the Lord, nothing else matters. That is the single most important thing in your life. That's what we're all living for. That's what we're waiting for and watching for. We're commanded to stay awake and alert. Don't you slip off on me now. That's why God has preachers come along and ring our bell. Because we tend to get a little sleepy at times. We all do. Paul wrote, according to the prophecy of the apostle, Paul, he wrote, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're watching that happening right now. We know about the Holocaust. We're not some of these Holocaust deniers. They are idiots. It's a fact of history. Come on, don't let people put stupid stuff in your head and, and get you all messed up. There are some people that say, no one ever landed on the moon because they didn't see it with their own eyes. There are people that are saying the earth is flat and if you keep walking far enough, you'll fall off the edge. If you want to get involved in those kinds of myths, go ahead. More power to you. But you won't make the rapture because you're distracted. You got your eyes on the wrong things. So we're seeing, we know that the world is approaching so many millions of innocent babies still being aborted. And here's what I want to tell you about that. About what's going on in the world. God will judge the righteous. God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. I know we, all we hear about is how God loves us, and He does. And I truly thank God for that. But I'll tell you something. Those who are not living for God should be starting to get very uncomfortable right now. Uneasy. It's kind of like, have you ever been out in nature and all of a sudden the wind just stops blowing? How many ever been out in nature and suddenly the, the sky takes on a, a greenish hue and the birds stop singing and they all go into their nest and the animals disappear you know they tell me that before a tsunami before that tidal wave comes that the animals if you watch the animals the animals somehow had a sixth sense they knew it was coming and they were making their way away from the coast as if something was telling them, get ready. There's danger coming. I want to tell this church something. You are living at the very edge of the coming of the Lord. If you miss the coming of the Lord, you're not going to have a second chance to join God's tribulation force. That might make for good drama, but it's terrible Bible. If you miss the coming of the Lord, sweetie pie, you better dig yourself the deepest hole you can dig. You better put in as many sea rations as you can. You better store all the bottled water you can and all the canned goods you can. All the canned goods you can. Well, there. Because you're going to need them. 
But if you're saved, you're not going to need that stuff. Some men trust in horses. Some men trust in chariots. But we will remember the name of the Lord. Let me tell you, let me ask you a question. Does the word of God mean anything at all? When, when Jesus said, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Does that really mean all the power of the enemy? So how's the Antichrist going to rule over the church, the ecclesia, whom God has said, Behold, I give you power over all the power. Does that mean that God's word is not true anymore? When Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Does that mean that that doesn't mean anything? If you're going to say the Antichrist is going to come and you're going to have to scurry around and go into holes and caves and, and eat your sea rations and all that balarney. No, just because we're close to the coming of the Lord and because we're close to the great tribulation. Don't get scared and start doubting God's word. I've had preachers tell me, well, I used to preach to Jesus. I don't know now. You know why they don't know? They're doubting what Jesus said. It's very clear. And we know that God is angry with the wicked every day. Man, I wouldn't want to be living outside of the church. And if he turned not, God will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. Yes, the judgments of God are coming. There's no question about that. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Yes, there is coming a time of wrath. But upon whom will the wrath of God fall? That is the question that needs to be answered by the Word of God. Ephesians 5, 5. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's why the devil wants you to let down your moralities. You may not think it's important, but the Bible says it's significant that no whoremonger immoral, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God. Upon who? The children of disobedience. The church is not the children of disobedience. When you obey the gospel, that's why the Bible says he's coming in flaming fire. Taking vengeance upon them that A, know not God, and B, who have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you must not only believe the gospel? James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know the devils aren't going to be saved. The gospel has not only to be believed, it must be obeyed. And he's coming in flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them who have not obeyed the gospel. There's only one way in the Bible to obey the gospel. Christ died, you repent. Christ was buried, you're buried with Christ by baptism. Christ rose from the dead, you obey the resurrection when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing that will take the place of that. Well, who's he coming to judge? He's coming to judge the children of disobedience. Obey the gospel today. Obey the gospel today. Doesn't matter how many good deeds you do. Doesn't matter how many old people you help across the street. It doesn't matter how many donations you give to charity. I'm all for all of that. But that will not save you. You must obey the gospel. And if you do not, judgment is soon to come upon the children of disobedience. Well, I feel the presence of God in this house right now. Hallelujah. When Christ, Paul wrote, who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. He's talking to the church. This is the program for the church. He said, look, when Christ appears, you're also going to appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate. That means not within proper limits, unrestrained. Inordinate affection. 
evil concupiscence, that's evil lust, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. If I'm living for God and serving the Lord, I never have to fear that the wrath of God is going to come upon me. The wrath of God is going to come upon Hey, don't feel sorry for the person who's making the dedication. Don't feel sorry for the person who says, well, that, you know, that, that's, that's a weight. I'm laying that aside. I'm going to live for God and serve God with all my heart. I'm going to be ready for the appearing of our Lord and Savior. Don't feel sorry for him. Feel sorry for the people who are procrastinating and delaying. And Satan is laughing behind his hand saying, they're intending to do this for God on X amount of day. They don't know that God is going to come the day before. So, the message of the rapture is a message of hope. No one should be preaching today, folks. It's bad and it's going to get worse. No one should be preaching, oh, if you think it's bad now, hope you get your sea ration stored up because it's getting ready to get really, really bad. Well, we might go through some tough times. I mean, in history, there's been times when thousands, yea, millions have been martyred. That is not the wrath of God. Right. Persecution does not qualify to be labeled as the great tribulation. I'm not saying that, that you'll never have trials. I'm just telling you that much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Is anybody getting this? Is everybody with me today? How many is glad to be saved? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10, look what Paul writes, and to wait for his son from heaven. What's the church supposed to be waiting for? Not the tribulation for crying out loud. You're to be waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. My God, that's why I run the aisles. Jesus has delivered me from the wrath to come. Well, somebody made this I want to be nice, but it's a stupid statement, okay? They said, well, in the first three and a half years of tribulation, it's man's wrath, not God's wrath. I'm going, really? Did somebody hit you on the head with a coconut? (laughs) Haven't you ever read in the Bible where all throughout the history of God's people, God used human agency to bring his wrath? You never read about Nebuchadnezzar? You never read about Cyrus? You, you, you never read about how God allowed the, the Israelites to fall un, under bondage to the Philistines because of their sins during the days of the judges? You mean to tell me that because Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem, that was not the wrath of God, that was the wrath of man? How foolish! God has always used human agency to display His wrath. And He uses human agency to display His love and mercy and grace. Here's what I want you to understand, Paul says. Jesus has delivered us from the wrath to come. Oh, don't feel sorry for the apostolics. Don't feel sorry for the people who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been delivered. From the wrath that is to come. Hallelujah. I hope I'm laying out the case plainly. But in case you didn't get it, read this one. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So while the world is descending into the wrath of God, God has not appointed the saved unto that fate. He has appointed us to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to say hallelujah. 
I, I, I want to tell you, I'm so thankful for the promises that God has made to the church. You ought to thank God every day that God allows you to be a part of His church. You ought to thank God every day that God called you to be a part of the church, part of the ecclesia, part of the, the called out ones, because God has made His promises to the church. And when Paul the Revelator turned around and in Revelation chapter 1, he said, I want to see that voice of that one who said he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending. He said, I looked to see the voice and I saw seven golden candlesticks. You remember what I told you. The seven golden candlesticks symbolizes the church, which is the voice of God in the New Testament. I'm not talking about this church, this church, this church. I'm talking about... The ecclesia, those who have obeyed the gospel. I'm not talking about mortar and bricks. I'm talking about people who have been obedient to the word of God and are now the sons of God. Look at this promise that God made to the church. If you get it, when as soon as I read it, if you've got it, if you understand it, I want you to shout some praise to God after I read it, if you understand it. God speaking. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Seriously. God, that is a most wonderful promise. I will keep you from, the Greek is ek, and means out of, I will keep you out of the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. But you've kept my word. You have endured and you've kept my word. I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. You have kept my word. You've been enduring and patient and stayed with my word. I also will keep you. I'll keep you out of the hour of temptation. Oh, praise God. That's the most wonderful promise. Good sakes alive. Can you imagine? Jesus comes. And the church is not raptured. And we're out dodging bullets. Shaking in fear. You lying devil. Greater is he that is in you. Than he that is. I give you power over all. The gates of hell shall not prevail. You've kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Anybody want to go? Anybody want to live for God? Anybody want to serve the Lord? Anybody thankful for the little inconveniences that we might have along the way living for God? If you understood what God is keeping you out of, you'll never again complain about some little thing that doesn't amount to a hill of beans that you had to give up so you could live for God. When the trumpet sounds and we're 30,000 miles above the earth and ascending... You think you're going to look around and say, well, I'm still kind of mad about some of those things that God didn't want me doing. Now, if you were one of my kids, I'd say, you knucklehead. You know better than that. Can I get an amen up there in the balcony? Thank you. That sounded pretty good. Well, how do we know that Jesus is going to come before the tribulation? 
Now, I'm not even giving you half of the stuff I have on this, okay? I got lots more. But let me give you just a little bit. As the day of Noah, notice Jesus says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. Well, I got news for you. Noah got saved. Noah stepped into the ark. And not until Noah entered into the ark did the flood come and destroy all the others. Noah got in the ark first. Noah found, hey, how smart is that? He saved us by grace and God says, I'm just going to put this in here. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Thank God. Did you find grace in the eyes of the Lord? Isn't God gracious? Hallelujah. So we know that. As it was in the days of Lot, Jesus said, likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day, everybody say same day, that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. When did the judgment come? The same day that Lot went out of Sodom. And I didn't say it, Jesus said it. The coming of the Lord is likened unto the days of Lot. Folks, what I'm trying to tell you is, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's far more dangerous to be trying to consider all the little intricacies that are going to be happening to the people who are in the tribulation. It's much more dangerous to do that than to say, you know what? The most important thing I can do today is pray and be ready and a witness to my family, witness to my friends, tell everybody I can, Jesus is coming, get ready, get ready, all these other things, the world is descending into chaos and into wrath, but God is going to take the church out like he did Noah and like he did Lot. Even thus shall it be, Jesus said, in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. If you can't believe him, who can you believe? That's what he said, so I believe him. Praise God. Is this all right today? I know I'm using lots of scripture, but we need scripture. Okay, so I'm just walking through some Bible verses. The men said unto Lot, Do you have anybody here besides? They they just said, hmm. Do you have anybody here besides the two daughters and your wife that's in this house? And, 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 And I can't. I can't emphasize enough what must have gone through that dad's heart. There was stark terror, I promise you, that went through the heart of Lot right then. Because he said, you know, I was an excellent businessman. Uh, I, I, I was known in town and, and I did this and I always provided well. But my God, I haven't talked to my kids. Hey, wait a minute! And he starts running and he goes out of the house and leaves the angels standing. And he goes throughout the city to the houses of his married children and says, look, I want to tell you something. Please, please listen to me. There's two angels in my house right now. Dad. Dad, what you've been, what you've been smoking, Dad? Dad. What, what, what you've been snorting? Uh, Dad, look, I mean, the, the kids are... Your grandkids are sleeping in bed. Here, here's my couch. But you don't understand I've got... And he gets pushed out of the house. You see, when you wait too late to start doing the most important job, it's a sad day. Lot knew what was right, and he was a righteous man, but he was so distracted. My God, he was so distracted. 
He was so busy doing stuff that didn't matter. It wasn't going to matter. Sister Suzanne, that city was going up in flames in just a matter of moments. Everything he had ever saved, everything he had ever built, everything that that he had achieved, all all of his uh, uh, certificates and and all of his diplomas and and everything that he had that hung on the wall, it was all going to burn in a few moments. And all of a sudden he realizes, I've been a fool. The most important thing I should have been doing was strategizing and praying every day. How can I get my kids saved? I've only got a few minutes. I hope God will help me. And he turns around and he runs screaming out of the house. And the angels of judgment were standing in his house. For the angel said, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. There are destroying angels that will come during the tribulation. Right now we're blessed to have ministering spirits. Whole different category of angels. And Lot went out. Oh brother. Lot woke up. Oh did he ever. He woke up. He said I don't care if they curse me. I don't care if they if they swing at me. I, I don't care what they do to me. I'm going to look him right in the eye and say. There's angels of judgment right now. That are ready to bring judgment on this world. I beg of you to come with me. And he spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters. Notice he had married daughters, as well as the two single daughters. And he said, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked, or he seemed as one to them that was joking. They didn't take him seriously. He had just, well, think about this. If you really believe that, Would you wait until the last possible minute to tell me? You can't be serious. If you knew this all along, you would have been telling me about this for a while. This can't be true because if this was really true, you would have been making a a major deal out of this. But, but you know, you never did make a major deal of it. And I honestly, I'm sorry, Dad, I don't believe you. When the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. They, they hurried him. They said, Arise, take your wife and, and your two daughters, which are here, lest if you don't take this escape, then you're going to be consumed. If you don't take this escape, you are going to be consumed. And while he lingered, here's where we're at. While he lingered, you know, that's right. Pastor is right. I've, I, I can see the, the wheels turning some of your heads right now. I, I've got to make a stronger appeal to my lost children. I, I've got to make a stronger appeal to, you know, I've been very careful. I don't want to offend anybody and so forth. My God, if you saw how close the judgment of God is, you start working on this today. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, this is what the angel says, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Folks, this coming of the Lord, that this is telling us that as it were in the days of Lot, you've got, it's an escape, and, and it's not just a better way of life. You're escaping for your life. Don't look behind you. Don't start second guessing and saying, well, I don't know if I want to make that dedication or not. There's a, another church across town that will let me do everything I want to do, and, and I can just go wherever I want and say what I want. No, no. Escape for thy life. Go higher. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto him, Oh no, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I, I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now, This city is near to flee unto, and 
It is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, watch, escape there. For I, the angel said, cannot do anything till you become thither, until you're in that city. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. When did the wrath come? The angel said, I cannot do anything. This judgment I cannot do until you are in that city. The Antichrist cannot take control until... The power of God that's resident in the church is raptured out of here. And then the devil can do what he wants for a while in God's plan. But while the church of the living God is here, you can say to yonder mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. You have power over all the power of the enemy. There's no Antichrist that can compare to the power of a Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name baptized church. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell, don't worry, they shall not prevail. But Lot, I want you to get out of Dodge because I cannot do anything till you are come to that city of refuge. And, and Lot entered into that city of refuge. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And I'm telling you, as it were in the days of Lot, that's how it's going to be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. Oh yes, there's saints to come. Oh yes, there's horrible judgments coming. Oh yes. And, and I've got so much more. But I see some of you have reached the limit of your endurance. And I'm ready to ask you, what are you going to do? Are you going to awaken and live for God? Or are you going to be in the group of people that's so distracted you're not even expecting Jesus to come and you've got so many things going on? I, I want you just to stop for a minute and think about what you've been involved in this week. How much of that has eternal consequence? How much of that, what you've been involved in this week, is helping your kids to know Jesus and to be ready for the coming of the Lord? How much of what you're involved in this week has something to do with where you're going to spend eternity? Stop and think about it for a minute. Don't spend 95% of your time doing stuff that's not going to matter. This world is going to be on fire very shortly. So what I say to you is, wake up. You know, several years ago, there was a young lady that had a, a bedroom. You've, some of you heard me tell this. But she had a bedroom up in the peak of the house. And uh, she had a roof window. And she was one of these people. Come and play a little bit of music, Sister G. She was one of these young people that sometimes would sleepwalk. And so they said that she opened the roof window while she was sound asleep and somehow managed to step out onto the roof. And she was walking in her sleep. Now, we all have heard funny stories. I can tell you some funny stories about people sleepwalking. I can tell you one on Eric that just blows me away every time I think about it. Well, I won't tell you that right now. But this is not a funny one. This is a a sad story. She got up on the roof and somebody saw her and they said, don't make any noise because if you wake her up, she's probably going to fall. And they were right. 
They said in her sleep, she walked back and forth on that roof. And it was though she was in some kind of a story. As if she was preparing for some big party or something. And she would little give little snippets of a song. And she was walking on the roof and she was sound asleep. And they said across the street, someone turned on a light. And when that light came on, it hit her eyes. And she awaked. And when she awaked, she was terrified. And one slip, she fell off the roof and went to her death. I believe today that there may be somebody under the sound of my voice. That you are asleep spiritually. You, you have no idea how close you are either to A, the rapture, or B, God calling you individually home. And you have no idea and you're just kind of going through life in a fog. You're, you're asleep. You're, you're doing stuff. You're busy, but, but you're not busy doing what is the most important thing to do. Jesus wants you to awaken. Only this time, He's going to hold on to your hand while he shines the light of truth into your eyes. And you're not going to fall off. And he's calling you to live for him. I beg a parent here today to consider what can I do to help my children be saved. I beg for a person who's allowing things to get into your life that really have no place in a Christian's life I beg of you to awaken and say wait a minute that's the devil trying to put me under the wrath of God that, that's the group that the wrath of God is going to come on I'm going to serve the Lord I'm going to do God's will I pray in the name of Jesus that the spirit of God would move here right now I pray that the Spirit of God would awaken somebody. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God does what He has to do to wake you up. If you're going to be one of these tough guys that takes a lot to wake up, then forgive me, but I'm going to pray that God does whatever it takes to wake you up. If it takes a trip to the ER, so be it. I'm going to pray that God wakes you up. But there's some people in here today that are sensitive to the Lord. You don't have for God to have to send you something that's going to shake you right out of your boots. You're you're waking up right now. You're saying, God, I I am awaking. And and Lord Jesus, I I, I want to be about my Father's business. And and blessed is he who shall be found doing at your coming. And and Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord. And, And there's some folks here today that need to say, okay, I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Say, preacher, why you mention it? I wouldn't be mentioned if the Holy Ghost wasn't telling me to. Others have never received the Holy Spirit of God. Others haven't even given it a thought to turn their heart to the Lord. You're here today because, well, you just came. I don't know why. But I know why God brought you here today. Because He loves you. And he's going to give you another chance right now to awaken out of your sleep. I'd like to ask you if you would please to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Please don't be the one left behind. Saint of God, I don't want to cause you to be scared. I want you to cause you to be alert and awake. I want you to awaken and be thankful for the fact that God has called you. And I want you to go about the work of God. Sir, God is calling you today. Ma'am, God is calling you today. And I want you to know that Jesus very likely could come today for you. Matter of fact. If you knew how many times God has spared your life, you'd already be at the altar right now weeping and saying, God, I know you spared my life several times. 
folks, God wants to save you from the wrath that's coming. I wonder, is there anybody that's got the courage to get up from where you're sitting and walk to an altar, walk up to the front of this church and say, God, I believe the Bible. I believe your word. I want to be ready for your coming, Jesus. Lord, I know you're able. There's nothing you cannot do. I know you're here to help me. You're able. You're able. Look, several people are coming. It's up to you. You get to choose where you go. You get to choose whether it's heaven or hell. You get to choose rapture or tribulation. See, God's good. He's giving you the choice. You want to be in the tribulation? You can be in the tribulation. You want to be in the rapture? You can be in the rapture. What do you got to do? You got to take action. Most people who miss the rapture will not miss it because they're evil. They'll miss it because they procrastinated. What's God got to do? I'm going to pray that God does whatever necessary, starting with right now, whatever he's got to do that's necessary to wake you up. I want to pray that God does something that's going to wake you up. And for me, I'm going to say yes, Lord, to you right now. Here I am. I want to do your will. I want to go your way. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. When the Lord comes, I want to be ready. Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I have called you many times, saith the Lord, and I have called you once again. I want to deliver you. I want to set you free from the wrath that is to come. I want you to be a part of my bride. I want you to take my name upon you, saith the Lord. I want to fill you with my spirit. I call you today and I tell you that I am coming soon. Watch. Be ready. Prepare yourself. Escape. I come. Oh, let's just lift our voice and let's praise the Lord. He's in this house right now. He's in this house. He's in this house. Oh, saint of God, if you're tired, come on, snap out of it. In Jesus' name, pray until you can feel something. Don't be sleeping when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Come on, make an effort. Reach out to God. Don't walk out of here and say, well, he's not talking to me. The day before it's over, you may be saying, God, I wish I'd have listened to you this morning. Who cares about what somebody else thinks? I just want to do what God said to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Elders, help me pray. We've got several people that are seeking God this morning. Elders, help me pray. In the name of Jesus, lay hands on people. Pray for them in the name of Jesus. Nobody should be here for the wrath of God. Nobody should be left behind.